0: It's great seeing you everybody this morning. Um, Let's see, what introductory remarks do I want to make while everybody's kind of getting settled? Uh, I'm interested, I know last week um, when Julie Sparkman was here, uh, we had, and, and thank you for Becky, our nursery director, being here. I can hear that, I can hear the beepers. I think what that is, and we're trying it out, it doesn't bother me at all, so I hope it doesn't bother you all. Uh, that our beepers for the nursery are out of range from the nursery and so when they're down here they're probably not working but we're working on all that so i kind of was wanted to see although i am aware i was listening to julie sparkman's class last week or from last week yesterday which i thought was really good hope this is okay to say uh if you i don't know why i'm saying this if you ever spent any time in an icu you know that beat and so if anybody has a trauma response it's okay you know it's like oh, i remember when my dad was it might might be there but that's kind of what it sounds like um so with all that i was just kind of trying to say something while everybody was getting in here and getting settled so now that i have let us pray gracious father thank you for this day for our marriages um for uh our church for all that we have from you we give you great and humble thanks i ask now lord that you would be with us speak Um, your word to us and awaken our ears in jesus name amen Amen. so what i hope to do is i've asked um, other folks to come and be a part of this class it's a a short series on marriage with a lot of different folks as langston haygood started it and then julie sparkman was here last week and i'm taking this week and then trey hill good friend of mine who i work with at covenant counseling um, who i think is one of just a just a top flight therapist um, uh, he'll be here next week, and then Craig Smalley the week after that, and then Trey's going to come back as sort of our man and be there the last week. So three more weeks in this short series on marriage, what I've asked all of us to do, and, and I loved what Julie, all the nice things she had to say about me last week, that was pretty funny, um, about giving everybody just a few minutes to look at uh, this verse from Ephesians, um, or this passage from Ephesians, Ephesians 5. 20 through 33. It is uh, a lot more than we anybody can do in 10 minutes. As six of us will take it over six weeks, or five of us over six weeks, hoping just that somehow the Holy Spirit does something to say uh, a word to each of us about this passage. So I'll do that, and then I intend to say a little bit about love. Uh, and as I was thinking about it yesterday. Um, a little bit of apprehension, because I think I might be saying something that is so painfully obvious to everybody else, which is sort of new to me. And as the teacher, quote-unquote, you know, I'm like, everybody's going to sit out there and say, like, you're just getting that? Wait, we knew that all along, so I kind of think that might be at play here. But, but, um, but this passage from Ephesians 5, before I read it, I thought I'd say three things about it, um, and especially out of verse 20 and 21, I think there's a lot... That's here. This is sometimes controversial, and and it's called the submission passage. Wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wives. So that that word kind of catches some folks. But you back up, and you look at the first couple of verses, and I think the one another, in fact, is really key. Um, Submitting to one another. That one another in in Greek is all one word, alelon, if you're following along. Uh, Because it's so key to remember it's repeated several times in fact in the new testament paul paul loves the one another and it's such a unified and single idea that it's in one word we put it in two and it's tight enough where it reflects back to itself it's not that big a deal but the one another really matters and so there's immediately if you're looking for a key how do i unlock this passage, um, what's sometimes called the hermeneutical key. How do I interpret this? How do I hear this? How does this make sense to me in a very concrete and real way? I think the one another, the interdependence, the mutuality that's involved here, the, the, uh, the way that each are called into the other is very, very, very important. In other words, it won't make sense without it, and it will be abused. It will be used wrongly, and it will be the function of abuse, spiritual abuse, uh, physical abuse, emotional abuse, if it's sort of the, you know, bring me pot pie, woman, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Which is funny until it happens, and then it's not so funny, and that's how it gets used. Um, So that one another is so important uh, that Christ, in fact, frees us, and that's going to be the centrality to it, for the one another. And then also... Give thanks always and for everything. Um, Eucharia, where we get the word Eucharist, um, to give thanks for the gifts and all things and all times. So we tie those things together. thankfulness and gratitude, that position contrasted to a sense of rights and entitlements. Bring me pot pie, you woman, you know well, bring me respect. I'm man, you know that sort of Neanderthalist, monosyllabic sort of, you know, let me see if maybe this is what it's like. It's not that at all. It's all from that beginning posture, that position um, of thanksgiving and gratitude, which really then sets the stage to lay aside rights and entitlements, which then draws us to one another, to alelon, to that, that, that mutuality. So then the verbs come forth, the imperatives, if you want to call it that, the submit and the love. Um, well, now those verbs have a location, Now, those verbs have a starting point. There's a place before the verbs happen where the word goes forth. So, in other words, the location from the verbs, from the beginning of the verbs, to submit and to love, something else is before that. The gratitude, the thankfulness, the thankfulness to whom? To God, uh, always and for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, submitting to one another... Uh, out of reverence for Christ. And so the position of reverence, revering, this word is actually phobeo, which is really interesting. What a good word, phobia, fear, where we fear Christ. Fear in that clarity that comes when we see things as they actually are. That's a phrase that I've been stuck on for about a year and a half now. Um, The clarity that comes when we see things as they actually are. Oh my gosh, you know, this is who I am, and this is who God is, and this is what God has done for me, and then immediately thrust us into something else where suddenly there's some clarity that's involved. That's our starting point. So I'll extend that just a hair. You know, it was 9 11 not too long ago, what, three weeks ago, the anniversary for 9 11, and maybe I didn't talk a lot about that. But we talked about it some, and just remembering what it was like. Do y'all remember that? That day? Like 9-11, 9-12, 9-13, um, we had a service that was a Tuesday. We had a service down here at noon on that Friday, packed. It was like Easter, you know? Word just got out. Didn't advertise, just, just people knew to come. Remember how quiet it was? There were no planes flying, anything like that? There was this immediate thrusting, this phobeo, this re- reverence for what happened to us as a people, as a country, as a family, as a newly married couple, which is what Mayman and I were, uh, everything just got suddenly displaced, clarified, magnified. We knew exactly the allelon that was a part of that. I just remember driving around. I don't know why. I remember being on Euclid Road, in fact. And uh, it was that day. Later that day, and I don't know where I was going. I just remember being on Euclid. I just started crying, and I just ached for meme. You know, we were just—we'd only been married. I just knew that somehow there was this positioning that I was in, that that's where I wanted to be. And there was that clarity. That's the only word that I'm trying to bring out here with this place of out of reverence for Christ. There's a certain clarity, a positional clarity. Okay, I see things. Now that I'm here and I see that <laughs> Christ is there, it's not a fear like I'm afraid He's going to you know, abuse His position of authority, um, but I see that He, his, all of His rights and entitlements now come into me And yet he demonstrates love through his death. And so all that hermeneutical key being um, uh, uh, the one another, um, the position of of, of gratitude and thankfulness and all things to God through Jesus, seeing that reverence for Christ. Now the rest of the verses, the instructions to wives, the instructions to husbands, comes into a little bit of clarity. So let me read it. Give thanks, always and for everything, to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now the church submits to Christ. Now as the church submits to Christ, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, just for the sake of time and to keep myself in my own limitations that I'm offering everybody, um, I think I'll stop there. There's tons I want to say, of course, um, but I'm not going to. But any, any thoughts there before we leave? Really the most important part is obviously anchoring it here in Ephesians 5. And just to restate my prayer that the Holy Spirit over each of these six weeks from five different voices talking about the same passage. I love that repetition. I mean, my goodness, how many times have I read this, and I'm still like, what? You know, man loves his own body, but there's a lot of people, you know, what about all that? You know, there's a lot there. Nowadays, submit has so many negatives. So many negatives, that's right and it talks about the woman submitting and the husband love. And love doesn't yep. really have a whole lot of Not too many, but remember this, submitting to one another. Right. So the submit is there right. three times, twice to so the woman. Almost, there's almost a term behind submitting that, that goes unsaid yep. in the passage, and it's sacrifice. Yep. And submission kind of makes you think that you're putting your you're coming... Into this relationship from a position of weakness. That's right. So it's a relational position. But really, if you think of it, sacrifice is a position of power. Right. I mean, Christ was powerful when right. he sacrificed. Right. When he Christ, submitted he wasn't, he to the Father. Thief, right. You're even right. Even though he, he 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 gave everything, but it was a it was God's strength, right? Amen. And uh, so I don't know if if, if you. I sort of read behind that word submission to one another as sacrifice. Amen. I wouldn't get away with that. To to rethink the words love and submission, be very good. Because out of this, this is, remember, the hermeneutical key, then everything changes. This idea of a voluntarily laying aside rights and entitlements to place yourself beneath another. I'm reminded of probably Fitzsimmons Allison just because I credit him for all things you know, like this. <laughs> You know, there's the story in World War II of an SS trooper, maybe just a uh, a guard in a tower at a concentration camp. And he's got an escaping prisoner, you know, dead in his sights, you know, ready to shoot. Uh, And he doesn't. He doesn't pull the trigger. I mean, who, what's more powerful, to take a life or to give it? You know, any one of us can take lives. Not many of us can give life. You know, Not many of us, certainly, once there's a dead man in front of us, can you say, Lazarus, come forth, little girl, get up, arise, be opened. Not many of us have that kind of power. That's where the power comes, that power through sacrifice of laying aside voluntarily rights and entitlements. And all this is but in a reflection, as in a dim and dirty mirror, to what Christ's love for us actually is. 1 Corinthians 13, which we're going to look at in a little bit. So, Pharaoh, I think you're right. You're right in the right vein. If I've pricked anything to make it, what does submit mean? What does love mean? Because I think there's a lot of cultural baggage on these words. It can't mean that. So what does it mean? And if we sort of are driven, as it were, to ask that question, I think that's a good question. That's a good drive. Anything else? Yeah, Charlie? Yep. So with that, it's a good segue, Um, because I was going to talk about what's love got to do with it, all these different words of love, but I don't have time, and I knew that. So just about agape, you know, which is what we hear sometimes, which is almost always where it comes in, like 1 Corinthians 13, the great chapter on love, love is patient, love is kind, it is not puffed up, it does not seek its own. That's all agape, 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 agape. Compared to like phileo, phileo, which is brotherly love, friendship love, storge, which is empathy love. It's actually a really important love. It's the one that undergirds everything else. It says, because I'm a human being alive and experiencing life in memory and in present tense, I can understand what you're doing. It's what I have into my counseling office. That's the love, the affection that really forms when it's going well between um, between me and somebody else. Just the love that your our ministers have for each other. It's storge, it's good. Eros, which we're not going to talk about. The sexual love, the possessive love, you know. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine, you know, Song of Songs. But then there's agape, which we often think of as unconditional love and you know, I don't know. I don't think it shows up very often. <laughs> uh Uh, Not from me, anyway. And this is the part where, again, I'm a little bit anxious because I'm like, I think everybody else probably knew this except me. Um, So I thought, I better cover this up. And I thought a Lyle Lovett, who's one of our favorite folks, typically, when he's around, we go see him. And he wrote a song not too long ago. uh, Well, actually, it was a long time ago, probably in the early 90s, called God Will. If you're a Lyle Lovett fan, you're going to laugh. Short, short song. Um, He's going to intro it in just a minute. He's going to say, here's a song about true love which is why it's so short, (laughs) which I think is really funny. (laughs) Uh, He is funny, Um, called God Will. Uh, Before there was natural-born killers, there's natural-born accountants. Um, That was Oliver Stone's movie that he didn't make. Uh, Because we're born accountants. We're born keeping score. We're born keeping up with uh, conditions and entitlements and rights that should be mine since I um, am... I'm getting the short end of the stick. And so here's Lyle Lovett's way that he describes it. God will. Maybe I'll tell you all the words beforehand just so you can listen to the song. Um, so, you know, spoiler alert. If you want to hear Lyle Lovett sing it first, you know, cover your ears. Who keeps on trusting you when you've been cheating and spending your nights on the town? And who keeps on saying that he still wants you when, uh, when you're through running around? And who keeps on loving you when you've been lying, saying things ain't what they seem? God does, but I don't. God will, but I won't. And that's the difference between God and me. So, um, so and he's even better. Um it's very short. it's
1: very short.
0: There's no video, it's just audio
1: trusting? been seen, spending your nights on the Who keeps on saying that he still want you when you're through running around? And Who keeps on loving you when you've been lying, saying things ain't what they God does, but I don't, and God will, but I won't, and that's the difference between God and me, (laughs) and God does.
0: that's funny he's actually 100 percent right um that's the difference between god and me he he has agape he actually loves us he actually loves me in that way and i don't i don't even love may that way as much as i love me may- i can't do it you can't do it either so i'm not the only one in the room but um so thinking about this this idea of love what's love got to do with it make this very short um think of agape this unconditional love this way that god loves us even though we've been running around cheating and lying that he's still there waiting you know hear the father running out to meet the prodigal son after he wasted everything after he said dad i wish you were dead just give me your money now and the father still has that kind of patience that kind of love to uh to be waiting that's not a love that shows up and so um where does it show up in a marriage then? How does this come around? Because I, I, this this is the part that I think is so obvious that I'm the, first, I'm the last one on the train. Um, I think it doesn't, I hear like Ephesians 5, to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And immediately, what do I think of? Fail, failure, failure, failure. I can't do it. God will, but I won't. God can, but I, I can't. God does, and I don't. And I just get caught there. So where does this stuff show up in a marriage? Um, you know, I'll play my punchline out and then I'll work backwards from it. It shows up not by me loving, but by being loved. And that's the short little answer to me. That's what I think is probably obvious to all of y'all. <laughs> and I'm like the last one to the party. i was like, oh, it's when she loves me. That's when it shows up in a marriage. It's not as I get all caught up in, uh, in my own neuroses and, and, uh, and processes and wondering, you know, and getting stuck and paralyzed or, you know, getting kind of escalated or whatever else. It's when she moves towards me in any one of a thousand different ways, when your wife moves towards you, when your husband moves towards you in any one of a thousand different ways, and you are loved. That's what it means. Like Les Mis, I said this several years ago, we were looking at the movie and all that. That great last line of Les Mis, to love another person is to see the face of God, which is actually wrong. Never liked it, even when I was 23. i like, that just doesn't feel right. To love another person, it just feels, with everything else that you've just told me in this fantastic musical, that doesn't fit. And you turn it around, it's not so much that when you love another person, you can see the face of God. But when you are loved by another person, then you see the face of God. As someone comes to you loving you, um, that's where love shows up in a marriage. Um, Not so much the command to submit, the command to love, but when you have in front of you someone that lays aside rights and entitlements. Remember, natural-born accountants, all the things that we could do and then it shows up where you don't, where that person isn't. Um, all the commands to love, uh, and we don't, because the verbs don't seem to work so well. You need to love, respect. I mean, how, do, how well does that work for my children? <laughs> um, <laughs> you need to respect me! <laughs> you know? Gosh, talk about just cutting too close to the, to the heart. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't appear at the end of my finger, does it? Um, but then when they move towards me, she writes me a little note something like that it was like oh my god come here you You know when i'm when i am loved much more than when i'm loved so what does this mean we're in the passive position again not any active so within all that quick quick way of thinking about this hopefully in a um what's intended to be a funny way um you might call this forgiveness so may may and i have hope it's okay to talk about um this little thing about the dishwasher um, you know, there's two ways to load the, the silverware, right? Um, you know, down or up. I wonder if y'all have this. There's the right way, and then there's <laughs> Maymay's way.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you, of course, you put, like, the points of the knives down, so when you reach in there and you don't have to, like, grab the dirty silverware and all that stuff, and so, uh, or you can do it up and all that. And so, when I'm being very magnanimous, you know, and I walk in, oh, that's okay, she did it wrong again, so. And I forgive her. <laughs> Aren't I just great? That must, that must be where love shows up, right? And then I realize, like, Gail, you are such a jerk. I mean, my goodness. I mean, what? what? I forgive her. What does all that have to do with anything? Uh, whose law did she break? Where is there forgiveness that's necessary there? She broke my expectation, the little picture that I have in my mind, the law that I have, that somehow it should go down rather than up. That's not in the Bible, people. I mean, there's no law of God that says she needs to do that. And I'm forgiving her because she's not doing it the way that I think it ought to be done. Of course, I hope that you're connecting somewhere in your own life. So then I even went so far, and I think, okay, so... um, uh, I hold her hostage to something like that but then I realize that I'm a jerk and then I think okay so it must be that forgiveness is just accepting who she is rather than what I uh, what she does or doesn't do or says or doesn't say and that's better but it's still not there um because then I'm still in that position I'm still the jerk I'm still acting like because uh you know I think she ought to be me because the world would be a lot easier <laughs> If everybody drove the speed, I think you should be driving at the time when I think we should be driving, which varies completely, and you should just know, especially like on Cherokee Road. Um, uh, It's time to go slower, people, because I'm tired, I have a headache, it's been a long day. Let's just slow down and take it easy. But let's speed up now because I'm late and I've got to get there, and everybody else is a moron because they're going too slow. Um, That's totally variable to me. And so once again, guess guess what Gil is? A jerk. (laughs) A moron. And so then what does it do? It puts me on my knees. It puts me on my knees, and it says, Lord, who's going to do anything about this, this this stinking, rotting bag of bones that, that I call guilt-cracking? And of course, when I'm on my knees, it's a pretty good position for submission, for a place of reception, for being in a passive position, where suddenly somebody, the Lord, or maybe the Lord incarnate, through a marriage, um... Uh, where in real time, the love of God, agape, um, actually shows up incarnatio, incarnated, enfleshed, uh, when somebody says, you know, all that laying it aside, I love you, I love you, and that's actually probably the best way to think about forgiveness, has nothing to do with anything about I forgive you for not being me, because that's all about me, that's all my stuff, um, that's really all I wanted to say, I think. Um, God will, um, but I don't. It puts me on my knees, and I beg, Lord, do something. And then He does. He does when, 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 when she moves towards me, or when you move towards me, when we move towards one another. Remember? Out of reverence for Christ from that position of, um, of somebody else uh, having the 9 11 clarity of who I am and what God has done, and the gravity of all of that, it begins to show up in a new way, I think, in a marriage. And suddenly, it changes things. I think it really does. It changes things. The way you talk to one another, uh, the way you live with one another, the way that you raise children together, the way that you come to church together, the way that you think, act, behave, that changes things. So thoughts, feedback? Sweetheart, you was to saying? No, you don't have to use that term. He's right. He's a real moron. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, Polly. Well,
1: I was struck in the sentence, he who loves his wife loves himself, and then thinking also of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. that the role of the father, I don't know that I'd really thought about it this way before, but when his son asks for his inheritance and he gives it to him and he allows him to leave, there's also an, an acceptance of the the message that the son is sending to his father sort of I wish you were dead. Mm-hmm. And, and yet there's no threat received. Like he's not That's taking right. it as he's not focusing on his own reception or his own judgment or yep. his own insecurities. Yep. Yep. He's secure in his position. And so I think that he who loves his wife loves himself is also if we are able to understand how God has loved us, then we are better equipped to love the other when we are in our weakness, when we are in our vulnerable positions where we cannot help ourselves. Completely agree. Yep. And so it can be more of a back and forth when we can
0: put our insecurities aside. Yep, yep. One another out of reverence, fear, out of clarity gained by who Christ is and what he has done for me. That's where we move towards one another. That's right. Thanks. Anyone else? Yeah. I know with Andrew for marriage premarriage counseling. And asked him what's what's one takeaway? And uh he said that he told us to think about not compromise but sacrifice. Hm. I thought that was interesting because compromise indicates kind of the score. Yeah, that's right. You know, I give a little bit here, but I'll get it back later. He threw out a line once. I heard maybe well I've heard him say it, uh, Andrew. You know, compromise, you know, look, lay that aside because somebody's always getting steamrolled at some point or another, any given time in a marriage. Um, You know, it's out there on the polls. He's probably right um, that laying that aside, but we need a position. We need a fixed point out of reverence for Christ, not just sort of pulling it out of the air, but it's actually founded in something. I think that's key. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's oh, yeah. A different take on it. But if you started out of submitting to one another out of reverence, and then look at verse 28, and just think of husbands and wives loving each other as their own bodies, <coughs> loving each other as you love yourself, and read from there, it really takes on a whole different meaning. Yeah. Where you, the two become one flesh in the sense that you love each other as yourself almost going
0: back to the to, um, first and you know Jesus first and most important yep commandment well, so yep most yep important. yep and love each other, love each other. and it gives a whole different take on that yep. kind of walk away from the, the, the tradition It's yep it's different it's a great I mean just to sit with this and read and reread read out loud to yourself and let this word fall on your ear it's uh, It has depths that we're still plumbing. I mean, it's been looked at up one side and down another for, you know, going on more than 2,000 years. Um, I'm in. Anything else? Before we take the beepers out of here? Yeah, one more. Yep. Mine's very elementary, I'm other people have beach issues. Hey, hey! <laughs> So who's on my side? That's what I really want to know. So, All right, here we go. Uh, you're wrong, Charlie. You're always wrong. So never sinner, sinner, sinner. Yeah, but all this stuff goes down. And then you can reach in there and you pick it up and you never like, Sully, you're a doctor. I mean, you know, like, you know, look, remember the, the part that cuts the food? It never touches human hands.
1: Yeah, whatever. The Kitchen dishwasher says you should do it both. Oh, don't play the middle, you know. Put a flag
0: out there. So. That's right, that's right. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this uh, For this day, again, for this church. Speak, Lord, through cracked, um, a cracked pot and, uh, and do something. Um, speak through your word, through this word in Ephesians. And... Uh, Uh, let it enrich us assault us enrich us uh, clarify us um, uh, make us alive one to the other out of reverence for you we pray this indeed we beg it in jesus name Amen. Amen. amen